Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. This is Jeff Frederick, and I am once again without Douglas Squirrel, but I am recording live at DevOps Enterprise Summit 2022. And I am joined with another guest. I'm with Randy Schaup. Uh, welcome, Randy. Thanks, Jeff. Um, so you can tell uh, Randy a bit of your background. You're here as one of the speakers. You, you've been involved in the DevOps Enterprise Summit many times. You've uh, worked on uh, the forum papers and things like that, all kinds of things. But um, tell people a bit about your background and uh, why you end up talking at events like this. Yeah, sure. Um, I'll give you the background in just a moment. But yeah, I'm super excited to be part of this kind of global DevOps community. Mm -hmm. I've learned so much from my peer engineering leaders in this community over over the years. And uh, yeah, so I love to you know speak and be a part of it and learn from learn from everybody else. Um, yeah, so I started my career in 1990. Um, and uh, I spent a bunch of that, maybe two thirds of my career as an individual contributor. Mm -hmm. um, in fast forward around 2004 to 2011, I was an individual contributor at eBay, working on eBay's search engine infrastructure. I've heard of eBay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you'll hear about them again in just a moment. Um, and uh, so that's uh, so it was at the end of my career uh, or my time there where I shifted from being a, an individual contributor and never wanting to manage people and thinking that wasn't something that I that I knew how to do or would be good at um, into engineering leadership. And I've sort of been a leader ever since. Um, so after that time, I tried my hand at starting a startup with a partner of mine. And, you know, we were in the 99 percent instead of the 1 percent. <laughs> um, uh, then I joined Google and ran uh, engineering for Google App Engine. So that's Google's platform as a service. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I spent some time running engineering for um, uh, for Stitch Fix, which is a clothing retailer in the United States which, uh, with um, tons of data science and machine learning. Um, I ran uh, up to an IPO and then I worked, went to WeWork and up to our not IPO, as people <laughs> have probably heard. Uh, um, but then most recently for the last two years, until very recently, I was chief architect and uh, VP of engineering at eBay again. So I returned to eBay mm -hmm. to try to help uh, eBay transform and get better at software delivery and architecture and all sorts of stuff. Right. And now one of the things we, we you and I were, were talking in the speaker lounge and I, I thought it'd be interesting to talk in part because you have been looking for... Uh, a, a new position that we're going to go next. And one of the things you said to me was, um, there are some fights that you never want to have again. And I thought that'd be a great podcast topic. So the fights that, and because the way they look at this is fights that you should have at least once. So um, maybe we'll, we'll get through one of those, you know, your top uh, uh, idea of like a, a fight that if you haven't had yet as an engineering leader, one you should have. Yeah, sure. And, you know, ideally it, it's not an actual fight, but um, this is one that I, always seem to um, to have, whether it's a fight or a negotiation. And that is, uh, and I always make this a recommendation to engineering leaders, is agree on, negotiate with your peer executives mm -hmm. in improvement budget. Like if you want to do something big and uh, you know, long term for your organization, whether it's like a migration, you know, to the cloud or to microservices, or whether it's improving engineering excellence or improving security, any of these like really long term sustained uh, efforts in the engineering organization, it's much better to agree upfront on as an organization, we're going to make this level of investment mm -hmm. uh, in this. And like you have that conversation with the product people, with the uh, with the business people, with the legal and HR people, like the, the whole the whole suite of people that are deciding what the company is going to work on across all things. Right. And um, my strong recommendation is to like have the conversation of what's our budget for 
uh, this particular uh, kind of effort at that level, because then it's a strategic conversation. Right. Um, and then the other thing that I will do as part of that is, um, so let's imagine that we're going to spend, you know, 15% of our engineering effort on this thing or 20% or something like that. And we agree on that's the appropriate level of investment up front. And then I always say some flavor of like, and the reason you hired me is so that you don't have to nickel and dime uh, <laughs> this. So like as a first order, like I hope you'll trust me to spend this budget wisely. And also I promise you up and down and left and right that I'll be completely open and transparent mm -hmm. about what we, we as an engineering team are going to do to solve this problem, uh, how, how we're doing it and why. And I'm open to any feedback that you have. Mm -hmm. But what I don't want either of us to have to do is like per sprint or whatever your mechanism of delivery <laughs> is like per like small delivery unit nickel and diming and like arguing about well should it be 10 hours of investment in you know this week or 20 hours and like that's not a conversation that is valuable for me or for the team or for you but let's let's agree on this overall budget because again that's a strategic investment conversation right it's fantastic and there's there's so many things and it sounds very simple but I, there's a number of parts that are, i know from uh, coaching different engineering leaders and different executives that would be challenging. And one of them one here is that actually very early on, you use the phrase, your peer executives. Now I point that out because a lot of times I think when people, especially early in their careers, an executive is a technical leader and they show up in the C-suite and there's, they don't feel like a peer. They feel like their, you know, their career has been an order taker. They, their career has been secondary to the needs of the business. So the idea, I, I think actually that's a really key part of what you're describing is that you are a peer equivalent to the head of sales, to the CFO, to the head of product, to the head of innovation, to that, whatever, whatever the titles are, however fantastic they sound. You are their peer. What do you think about that? Uh, 100%. And actually, <laughs> the fight uh, the fight that you never want to have is like, hey, please treat me as a peer. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. uh, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, it's one of those things where like, if you can't change your organization, you should change your organization. <laughs> and if you're in an organization, and like, lots of people are. So like, yeah. this is, you you express a real, uh, a, a real experience that engineering leaders have. If, en if engineering is not thought of as an equivalent function to you know, the other things that you list, product, business, yeah. legal, risk, compliant, like whatever, whatever uh, you have at kind of the C-suite, like that is a deep, deep problem. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, 100, so like assuming that you're, you can go in and have those conversations, I guess that's a prerequisite is to be able to go in and have those conversations. Like, look, we're all, I mean, in that conversation, like we're all mature adult executives and we all have one hopes the shared responsibility and the shared incentives around making the company more successful. Right. Um, and so, yeah. So like you say, the, f the first prerequisite is like being in the room <laughs> and being able, being able to have, being able to have that conversation. And then if I could like take it to the next level, then the next thing, which is 100% our job is to not just to say, Hey, I need 20% of engineering effort and I'm not going to, tell you why it's like no you like just like any other strategic investment yeah you have to give the why and you and you have to give that why in a way that makes sense to that is like a business yeah argument or i don't even want it to be an argument like a like a uh you have to like it's not worth doing if we can't frame it in with business and customer metrics like we together yes and, I'm, and it's going to be my team mostly doing it we together want to improve customer satisfaction. We want to improve 
reliability. We want to, you know, be able to move a lot faster, like any and all these things and come with a common currency that everybody else making such pitches would use, whether that currency is it's money, like it's 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 revenue that we're going to gain or losses we're not going to sustain. It's people. Yeah. Uh, what's the level of investment uh, or the, sorry, the level of like benefit that we get the ROI as, you know, as uh, expressed in people um, or other, other resources. Like those are the currencies that we speak at the executive level, right? Yes. Like people, resources, and money. Um, and if we as engineers or engineering leaders, like we want to do a thing and we can't express why we want to do that in those uh, terms, then mm-hmm. um then it's going to be hard to have the conversation in a principled way. That's right. And, and, and I, so I think a, a challenge that I see with engineers coming here, I'm, a lot of my context in saying this is I'm often coaching, you know, uh, people who are a, a CTO for the first time yeah. or a VP of engineering for the first time, something yeah. of, of that nature. And w- the first bit of advice I give them is related to what you're describing, but it's subtly different. Here's what I say. You have to be on the same team as your boss. Yeah. Your boss needs to know you're on the same team. So your CEO needs to believe that first and foremost, you're trying to achieve their objectives for the company. Yeah. And once you've done that, and I think that's, then you can start, now you're now you're in a position to start talking to those currencies relative to the company's mission. Right. But what often happens, again, people come in from their history and they're used to being engineers and thinking critically. And their first response to anything that's being suggested, well, first of all, if they agree, they say nothing. Yeah. And sure. if they think there's some, if they hear something and they see some potential problems, raise. they they raise them. Yeah, and and they don't say the part that they agree with, only the part they disagree with. So what they say is, someone will say like, "We want to achieve this twenty percent growth, whatever," and they say, "Hmm, you know, we'd have to. That doesn't really fit with the uh, with the way we've allocated people so far." Yeah, well, it's not going to work because it's yeah. not going to work because of X. Now, what they intend is to say we should solve this problem together, but what people hear is, "I'm not on board." Right. And what I like about your framing here is by making it in the currency of the executive team and the question of strategic investment is you're lining back to what's driving this was, well, we want to achieve this change. There's this place we want to get yeah. ultimately for customer benefit, for business benefit. Yeah. Now, what's investment we're going to take to do that? Right, right. And, I, and, I'll, and um, this is great. So I'll re- reframe what we both said. Uh, step one, you need to be in the room. Yeah. <laughs> step two, you need to demonstrate that you, you that demonstrate trust. Yes. Um, in the form of outcomes, right? You need to. <clears throat> we we need to all. Uh, I need to understand as an engineering leader, and my peers need to understand that we're all about driving the customer and business outcomes. Like, yes. how are we going to get the things that the cus- that the company cares about? Um, and then the third thing is, if I personally believe that there's something different that we should do, some long term, you know, initiative that we need to that we need to do in engineering, um, then and only. Th- th- I need to I need to connect it to those outcomes. Yes. It needs to correctly compete with all the other things that we could be doing with our investment, right? The opportunity cost of doing my like microservices <laughs> or cloud <laughs> migration, you know, versus other things that we could be doing, you know. And then and then uh, and then express again that ROI in um uh in the common currency, in a currency, in a business currency. Right. Now yeah. I'm gonna, I'm going to put it I'll take us briefly to a darker place which is you describe this as something you've, I will say you've learned to do over time. Yeah. So the, what I read into your story here is that having in places where that hadn't been done, instead, what you see is a lot of 
point questions as you put it sort of nickel and diming yeah Can you say a bit more like how does that what does that look like how would someone how would someone know they're being nickel and dimed <laughs> on improvement or they themselves are you know a nickel and dime yeah and again um uh i think again to your you know to your point about um people who are being first-time kind of senior engineering leaders or first-time engineering uh, executives like i've definitely done this where like i'm used to being the uh, you know i came from individual contributorship and like leadership in a different in a different way and and like thinking only about the the software and about the engineering and uh, not framing things in inappropriate uh outcomes and um and when as happens in not great com- cultures but are pretty common when you feel like you're an order taker or <laughs> at the very least or better than order taker um uh that all the tasks that we do as an engineering team are open for debate by everybody. Okay. Like when you feel either or both of those <laughs> things, right? Yes. Like we're being either told what to do or even if we can come, even when we're able to, you know, uh, come up with our own things to do that they're like open to debate. Yeah. Um, that I- is, that can be, I mean, sometimes that's appropriate. And like, I always welcome people's feedback, but that's the wrong, but particularly for executives, that's the yeah. wrong level. That's not the right level of their, like their minds should be doing different things other than, yeah, like I say, nickel and diming. Well, how many hours are we spending on X or Y or Z? Do you know I'll, what I mean? I'll, I'll, I'll test that. I, I have a story came to mind of when I was a new lean executive at a company about 10 years ago and uh, it had become CTO and uh, our, our head of sales who was based in New York was visiting our office in London and walked through and made a comment, something along the lines of, well, you know, you could get twice as much done if you didn't have people pairing, you know, we could. Yeah. And, and uh, so what I, my response was to ask him and the rest of the executive team, the two founders to, and the CFO to all come in the office. And I said, here's what happened. And I just want to make it clear, you have no business making a comment about how we do our job. If you feel like we're not delivering results, I, I'm very open to hearing it. I would love to, to hear your thoughts, but you know, anything you think we're not delivering that where we're falling short of what we could be doing more definitely want to hear it but for how we do our work you're not qualified to comment 100 percent in the exact same way as i will say me maybe maybe you are qualified i am not qualified to comment to the salesperson that is an inappropriate way to incentivize salespeople to allocate <clears throat> them to deploy them you're doing your your sales job, job wrong <laughs> and like I don't know that. <laughs> what Matt, again, to your point, like as an executive, I care that the sales people are doing their job and I want to be helpful to that. But like, right. it's none of, it's not that it's none of my business, but like, it's not in my area of expertise to suggest to them. And ditto, yeah, 100% yeah. like, um, you know. And I should be clear, I wasn't, I didn't mind if he'd said it to me in, in private yeah, room. Super, it was on the floor among the engineers. It's super inappropriate I, I just, to that's make just that not. claim. Yeah, right. No, 100%. Yeah. You shouldn't go to us in, in the same way, right, as you shouldn't go to a sales kickoff and tell the salespeople they're, <laughs> they're selling you're, stuff wrong. You're, or, you're you know, doing it all wrong. You're, you're doing prob- it all wrong. You're not going to win friends and influence people. I, I, no, and you probably don't even know what you're talking about, or at least I wouldn't. That's right. <laughs> All right. So this has been really interesting. So this is a, 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 a position that you, a fight you'd never want to have again. But it's, if you find yourself, if someone or our listeners find themselves in this position, I think we try to give them now a guide to what to do. If we kind of summarize something, work through it a bit, it sounds like um, be willing to step up and uh, speak, executive speak. Yeah. Connect what you're doing to the mission of the company and talk in the currency that executives speak. 
Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I think, um, I think why that, one of the reasons why that's hard for engineers is there's a lot of like, as soon as you say executive speak, there's this thing that goes on in the back of the engineer's mind. We're like, oh, I don't market. I don't do sales. Like that feels <laughs> dirty to me. And like wrong. I mean, honestly wrong. Like, um, you're not lying. That's right. You're not saying things that aren't true. You're actually not even papering over everything. You're like, look, I'm a partner in this organization and I share the goal of the organization to be better. Here's a thing that I think we can do that I think is worth investing in. And here's why we should do this with some small set of or right. large set of resources mm -hmm. and not do something else. Like you have to have a real argument there. You have to be pr principled in that. That's right. That's, that's what, that's what it means to be a peer executive of all these other folks. And I, I like it because you captured is, you know, that is you're doing your job. That is our job. You have expertise that they don't have and they rely on you to step up and do the translation of based on my domain expertise, this would be appropriate for us. Now it's just a function of working out how much we're willing to spend on it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, as Jason Warner likes uh, likes to say, I love his his podcast um, about engineering leadership. Um, when you are a C-suite engineering executive or VP of engineering, like some kind of you know senior engineering leader in the company, you are a senior leader of the company first and an engineer second. <laughs> yeah, my, I always say this, your first team is the executive team. 100%. Your, your domain you know, uh, organization, yeah. your functional organization, that's your second team. Yeah, right. And those are not in those ideas are not in conflict with each other. No. It's like, what do, yeah, I'm a peer <laughs> and, a, and a partner. And what I bring to the table uniquely among the people that are at this table that's is right. I bring the engineering team and the engineering you know, capabilities that, that, we, that we have. And like, that's my role here. That's right. And yeah. so we frame this in terms of what it takes to get an innovation budget or a change budget or improvement budget, yeah. a, a transformation budget, whatever phrase you want to put it. Yeah. But I think the, the lessons behind it, what makes it work uh, are a lot more applicable. 100%. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. Uh, Randy, if uh, any of our listeners uh, um, disagree with you, if uh, they want to, they want to argue with you or no, they love what you had to say, they want to hear more. Uh, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, sure. Um, if you want to, yeah, say uh, yay or nay, uh, I, I'm at Randy Schaup on Twitter, all one word, R-A-N-D-Y-S-H-O-U-P. That's a great place to have these kind of conversations. Uh, if people want to reach out on LinkedIn, I'm easy to find there as well. Fantastic. Uh, of course, if people uh, want to uh, argue with me and uh, or have questions for Squirrel and I, you can find us at the usual place, agileconversations.com. We have links to the podcast, uh, we have show notes and all the kinds of other resources, videos. Uh, our Twitter is there, our email address. And of course, uh, you can hear us next Wednesday on our next episode of Troubleshooting Agile. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, Jeff.